Welcome to Pet Chat on 2NURFM. Greg Richard here, joined by Cheryl Shaw and Dr. David Tabbert for the last one of 2022. Oh, I'm honoured to be a part we, of it. We made it. <laughs> we did. We did. It's great to be here too. And have you got some music planned for us, some like jingle bells or something? Oh, possibly. I'll leave it as a surprise. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Maybe First Noel or something a little bit later. Or... Oh, okay. Sung by dogs? Yes. Howled by dogs. Okay. <laughs> it's a large show of the year, guys. What have you got lined up for us? I thought I'd talk about um, making sure you don't get your dogs sick from eating food that's around. Right. Mm, Christmas oh, goodies. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like chocolate and so forth. Oh, you're on it, Greg. Well, I've had a sick dog from chocolate. That's why. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Um, and if we get a chance, we um, I was going to talk about kind of what we don't associate with Christmas, dirty ears. Okay. <laughs> Our, our ears or our well, pet's ears? Your pet's ears <laughs> and how you should clean and uh, look after your dog if they do have uh, ear disease. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Ear disease. What a nice one to have for a lunch break as well. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking earlier really with Christmas just around the corner, Cheryl. Sick dog. Well, not sick dogs. No. Watch I, what they eat, I guess. Yeah, it's really important that people make sure that they're um, keeping their eye out for what their dogs are going to probably steal at Christmas time. Right. Mm. We don't want them to get sick. Okay, well, I've actually had friends who've their dog actually ate all their croissants for breakfast morning. Oh wow! And they had like a big under the tree. Oh, it was a big like pile of those big trays you can buy. Oh, and their dog just went straight through and just had a bit of didn't eat all of it, just had a nibble of bits and pieces of it. Yeah, and, and left si- the scraps for the owners. Yeah, single-handedly ruined Christmas morning. Mm. <laughs> oh dear! The joy of pet ownership—it doesn't ruin it, does it? Surely. Oh, I think croissants. It, it, I think, I think that's all they had planned for breakfast, though, oh, so okay. they probably I ruined see. breakfast. Yeah, okay. Yeah, a bit hard to go out at last minute then. <laughs> I'm sure they could have shared an egg or something between them all. <laughs> Watching out for what dogs might eat during that Christmas break. Yeah. Now, look, there's lots of fun things out there for us humans. So our stone fruits have arrived, and they are just delicious. Now, we often don't think about the dogs with stone fruit, but this Mm. is a potential problem. And particularly if you're not used to having a dog around, you may have got a new puppy, you know, during the year, and this is your first... um, you know, season with them at Christmas, make sure that your stone fruit, you do not leave the piths around because those, you know, mm-hmm. seeds inside those are really dangerous for dogs. Some dogs will actually put them in their mouths and chew them. Now, there's a potential that they can break or fracture their teeth, yep. but also they can swallow them. And if they swallow them, they can do a lot of damage because some of them have really sharp points on the end of them, like your peach seeds. Uh, nectarine. Yeah, and yep. that can damage the esophagus as they're going down. But, David, they can also become obstructive, can't they? Oh, absolutely. If they get down into the small intestine, they're... Definitely, they're high risk for an, an intestinal obstruction. Yep. And those uh, require emergency surgery. Yeah. So, just saying that with the emergency sur- surgery, make sure that you've got your um, clinic's hours that, of their opening hours mm. available because if you do have an emergency, you just got to make sure that, you know, during these public holidays, you know where you're going and just keep those phone numbers in your phone handy. There's a few other foods that can uh, obviously be potential. Um, problems for dogs in particular. So our plum puddings often are just sultanas and raisins and our fruitcakes, same thing. Now sultanas are really dangerous for dogs because they affect the kidneys and this is one that we often don't think about. You might just think, oh, I'll give the dog a little bit of this healthy fruitcake. That's right. Please don't. It's dangerous, David, isn't it? No, that's right. And interestingly, like all grapes, raisins, sultanas um, have the potential to cause uh, kidney disease, kidney toxicity. 
and acute kidney failure and pets have died from this. So for a long time, we really didn't know what was causing this toxicity and there was variable responses. So some dogs would eat grapes and never have a problem or sultanas and others, you know, one, just one sultana was deadly. Um, And it's been discovered that uh, we suspect the toxic compound is a tartaric acid uh, component and there's still some research to be done on this but if we can develop uh, that that knowledge about what the risk is then hopefully that'll improve our ability to treat it but of course the best treatment is to is avoid it prevention yep yeah the other thing is too um, when we're cooking our roast sometimes you may have a roast that is wrapped in string or sometimes those strings are flexy you need to make sure that when you're um, disposing of those that they're nowhere near where the dog can get because if they ingest they're very them, tasty or very tasty but going down and causing a lot of obstruction so we need to make sure that you know just when you're discarding things and often you know we're quite busy at Christmas we're, we're doing things that we don't usually do so we've just got to have a little bit more aware of where we're placing things mm. you know those skewers that you you may be using as well and toothpicks just make sure that when they're you know finished with that they're put away where the dog can't get them because again those things taste and smell like lots of flavors and for the dogs they'll just eat them without realizing the potential for hazards that um, that are there for those the other thing is bones now bones are going to be around you know you might be doing the turkey or the chicken or have the ham there just make sure again that you're not feeding these to the dogs mm. ham in particular is really really fatty and this is a problem people think oh i'll just give the dog a little bit of the fat from here or a little bit of this the trimmings the trimmings right what right. i've dropped on the floor or whatever else <laughs> right. please don't go doing that because david what actually happens when they eat it i mean they love it well yeah why wouldn't you yes of course you'd love it Interest, we have a name for this. It's called Boxing Day Syndrome. Boxing Day Syndrome. So being in a uh, being a practicing emergency vet for the past 20 years, we see this all the time. Boxing Day Syndrome, what happens is it's the leftovers. And like you said, the trimmings, maybe it's the ham. Um, it's high-fat, high-carb diets that uh, the pets are getting into and they tend to gorge themselves because it tastes really good. Mm. And then they can develop gastritis, acute gastritis with vomiting, subsequently diarrhea. But the more worrisome condition is when they develop pancreatitis. So that high fat load hits the stomach, triggers the pancreas to hyper-secrete, so increase secretion of the enzymes that are normally used for digestion. But what they do is they start to digest the dog's uh, abdomen from the inside so they're really nasty Ooh, so yeah. make sure you uh, as you said Cheryl is keep um, keep all of these things set aside locked away and just keeping your dog on their normal diet yeah. normal dog food yeah the diet. other thing too if you've got a dog that's a, a counter surfer you know those ones that you leave something on the bench or the table and then you come back into the room and it's gone just make sure with visitors around that you've got your pet somewhere that it's not going to be able to take that Christmas dinner just a little bit like your story Greg with you know those um, croissants croissants going missing Mm -hmm. we just need to make sure that we're really vigilant around our pets because as I said you've got visitors coming things are different at Christmas time you know there's a lot of excitement and sometimes you just don't realize that the pet's going to get into something they shouldn't. So another one I've seen is um, chicken or turkey stuffing, which has a lot of onion in it, oh. obviously. Onion is toxic mm. to dogs. Mm. It can damage red blood cells. Um, avocado can be damaging if they get the seed as well. 
The other one you mentioned about the stone fruit seeds. Yep. Now, you, I don't know if you know this. That if you crack them, the that hard seed inside this the kernel. Mm. Yes, and that is deadly. That releases cyanide. Mm. So um, there has been a habit more recently of people activating their, you know, um, um, the um, pips of the cherries, apples, and um, the stone fruit but it can actually cause cyanide toxicity. Yeah. And there, there was a report of a child who died, this is going back in the 90s, who died from ingesting an apricot kernel. Mm, wow. So we mm. need to avoid those. Yep. Yeah. The other thing too, some of the fruits as they're starting to rot can be fermenting and that, you know, obviously turns to alcohol. So making sure that you're not giving your dog anything that's got any mould on it. And that mm. goes for their food as well. You know, making sure that you're aware of what your dog is actually eating. But, but you know, just being vigilant around um, the Christmas food is really important. All right. Well, I didn't know about the sultanas and stuff and yeah, mm. even the ham bone. Yeah. What if it's clean of the fat? Can you... No, 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 no. We don't like to. Well, eat it's bones. a cooked. It's a cooked bone, yep. so we don't feed cooked bones. Okay, then no, I'll, no I'll cooked bones. Let me jot that down. <laughs> yes, I knew no, about the chicken bones, but no cooked bones, no cut bones. Right. Okay. Yep. That's safest, and then always, I would say, if you are going to give your uh, dog a bone of any kind, is it, as long as it's not cooked, not cut, but it also should be big enough that if they swallow it, you know where it is. Because it's sticking out either side of the dog, right? <laughs> like it needs to be a big bone. Make it a big bone. Okay. Yeah. Not small bones. No. Right. I knew about the chicken stuff, so don't. Just, yeah. I'm just, just a believer a in no bones, and then everything. Because the hand bone is quite big, depending on your hand bone. Well, that's true, but it's cooked. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Non-cooked. Okay, well, got it. Uh, we've got Karen from Gresford, and speaking of giving food the dog. She's got an 11-year-old Staffy that loves chilli-flavoured beef jerky. Fair enough. She wants to know if that's all right in moderation. Hi, Karen. How are you going? Really good, thank you. So your one loves chilli-flavoured beef jerky, and my question, first of all, is why are you sharing such a delicacy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he's worth it. Oh, God bless. Um, and I've got a dehydrator, so I'm planning on making my own, but, you know. Oh, okay. So is this stuff that you've purchased in the past? Yes. Yes. Um, would it be? Is it okay in moderation? I guess just going along the themes that uh, Cheryl's talked about this morning is, is there anything toxic? I just want to make sure that there's no onion powder on it. Um, right. That That would be one thing. Generally, they're usually not. They're fairly minimal in their preparation. But um, mm-hmm. just making sure there's no onion or garlic powder, they're the right. two things that could potentially cause problem. Although in that case, the dose that he might ingest would be very small. The other thing yeah. about beef jerky is, you know, it comes in different. Like if you get the um, biltong, I think it is, uh-huh. is the, the buffalo one. That's quite soft. Um, and a lot of the beef jerky that you can buy in packets or at the butchers, like I got some yesterday, um, from a butcher, and it's quite hard. And so um, if it splinters, then it may cause um, a problem where they swallow a piece that could uh, cause an obstruction. Now, it's going to get digested for sure, and generally the thought would be they chew on it and, um, you know, it's they're not going to be able to break it off until it's softer. And in that case, that's not a bad idea, but... I think if you're preparing it yourself, then it's probably the best option because then you could 
um, have it at a certain texture. That's yeah, a well, bit safer. Being is, yeah, being a staffy, he doesn't really chew it. <laughs> he <just> swallows it. <laughs> of all. course, of course. Yeah, well, it, there's not much chewing happening. <laughs> Um, I uh, haven't I no, haven't seen any problems. Um, oh, yeah, good. but you know, there's always a first time. So <laughs> I'm just trying to think of any. But I I think yeah, moderation is always the key, isn't it? Yeah, well, it is. But um, he just loves it. So I just thought, you know, over Christmas, like yeah, um, you always have these little bit of special treats for your dogs and whatnot. So yeah. I just check on that. As long as we don't overdo it, he's good. But yeah. he's you he could, hasn't suffered or had any adverse effects from it in the past. So. No. Well, the chilli really shouldn't bother him. The other thing is a lot of people no. um, will chop up dried treats into very yeah. small pieces to use for training and things like that. So, you know, it's along the same lines. If you did that, that it, then it's safe, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Oh. No worries, yeah, because um, he really enjoys it. All right, I just thought I'd check. That's all right. And if you do have any left over, just feel free to send it my way. <laughs> <laughs> well, he actually he licked the packet, so there's no chance. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. That's all right. Merry Christmas to you both. You Thank too. You. Thank you. Can't you get jerky for dogs anyway? Like yes. dog jerky? Yes. Yeah, you yeah. can. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sure like that's... You chop it up, yeah. as I said, like... A, yeah. You use it as training treats. Oh, okay, there, there you go. Yeah. But thought... some of our human foods have high salt content and that's one of the things oh, we yeah, have to be right. very careful about. So, you know, just making sure that the salt content is okay. Right. And we've got Cherie from Duns Creek and she wants to know why garlic is bad for dogs. She heard that it can repel fleas. Hi, Cherie. Hi. Yeah, um, so, yeah, that's, that's what I was told. It was a long time ago, but someone told me that not don't use like the jar garlic get a, a, a human clove and mush it up with their dog biscuits or the wet meat or whatever you're giving them and apparently it it helps to repel fleas oh i wish it did <laughs> i wish it, it was, did it was just one of those things in the back of my mind and I yeah went, yeah so the there have been studies done whoops sorry i'm dropping stuff here there have been studies done on some of the compounds that are in garlic, particularly there's a compound called allicin, A-L-L-I-C-I-N, and uh, it does have some activity in repelling uh, parasites away from the plant, okay? Um, and it's been studied in people as well for various uses. I'm not sure exactly how far it went there. But one of the things that we know is that in dogs, however, it's toxic, so there's a couple of things. One is it can cause a gastrointestinal irritation where they might have some vomiting and diarrhea, but that's not really why we get very worried. The problem that we really worry about is that it damages red blood cells. So I've seen this. I had a dog. This is going back a long time. Um, a dog that uh, had eaten some garlic sausages and um, two days later was having trouble walking and we did a blood test and it was severely anemic. And uh, it turned out it was the garlic in the sausages that actually caused this. Okay. And so it, it attacks the red blood cells, it breaks them down, damages the wall. And so the red blood cells get taken out of circulation by the body. And so they become anemic. And to the point where there have been reports of um, dogs dying from this, there have been dogs that have had to have uh, blood transfusions to treat them. So 
there, with most things, there's always like, is there a safe dose and a toxic dose? There is. But the thing is, um, it's probably safest just to stay away from it because of yeah, that reason. Sure. So there's a whole family of these plants, um, including onion and um, spring onions and garlic. And yeah, things I, knew, like that. I knew onions was bad, bad gear for them, but I didn't, I wasn't, I was, yeah, I was completely unaware that garlic was yeah. as well. And, and one of the things that appeals to us about the idea that it repels fleas, of course, is that it's got a, f- a substantial odour because of the sulphur compounds. Uh-huh, and so okay. our thought is, oh, well, you know, you can smell it, therefore it's it's going to repel fleas. In some way it triggers that reaction in us. However, there's, there have been studies done on it applied topically in various forms and it hasn't helped uh, to prevent fleas um, yeah. at all. So, as I said, I wish it did. Yeah, but, I think um, it's just one of those old mother's tales that you've heard for an eon. So. Yes, and certainly but, back before we had a whole range of preventatives available to us, you know, I think people probably uh, just grasp at whatever might work. Um, and unfortunately, we've had, as I mentioned, some dogs that have not survived the garlic uh, yeah. in the past. So best to stay away from it. Awesome. Thank you so very much. No worries. Thanks, Cherie. Thank you. Bye. Bye. We've got Denise from Akari Curry, and she's got a 13-month-old toy poodle who's who was choking on a piece of pig's ear. She couldn't extract it, but she had to push it down instead. And she wants to know if it might be any damage. Hi, Denise. How are you going? Uh, not as good as I'd like. <laughs> How, when, did, when did this happen? Uh, about 20 minutes ago. Oh, my goodness. How's he going yeah. at the moment? Uh, she's quiet, but um, um, I've, I've sold my house and I'm, I'm moving and I've got the removalist coming tomorrow. <laughs> So uh, it was a strip of pig's ear, yep. and uh, I just gave it to her because I thought, oh, this will keep her amused while I'm packing. And um, it took her about a minute. A piece must have broken off, and mm. she didn't have time to actually chew. Anyway, I heard her choking, and uh, I grabbed her, and, and she was in great distress. And she's such a tiny little thing. Um, you know, her throat opening is, is so tiny, and... All I could do was was push it past. Otherwise, you know, I wouldn't have made it to the vet. Um, but um, I don't know how big it was. I and I don't know what to expect. Is there something I can give her for? Because she's so tiny, so little chicken, um, to sort of help lubricate it through the journey. Or is there anything I can do? Um, well, I think if it, it probably just some milk wouldn't hurt. Okay, that's the first thing. Um, yeah. It will help coat the gut a little bit, but obviously making sure she's got access to f- uh, fresh water mm-hmm. at all time, and I would stay away from hard food for a day or so. Okay. So probably if you you could soak dry food, if you normally feed her dry food, you could soak it. Um, it won't take long. Like it, it might hang around in the stomach for... 12 hours or a little bit longer if it's being digested slowly. Um, but I think as, if she's able to eat and drink and not vomit or regurgitate, and regurgitation looks like vomiting, except they don't have the really big stomach contractions, right? It's just like something will go down and then it just comes straight up. Um, yeah, she's a sickly little poodle um, to start with. 
You know, she's a. I can't put have her in the car. She vomits unbelievably. Mm. Okay. Um, so she she has very sensitive little stomach. So just yeah, I'd say some milk and then soft food. Um, and you're going to need to observe her for 24 hours, I'd say, just to keep her in sight. Because if she does regurgitate, it could get caught in her throat oh, again. Okay. Um, regurgitation is a fairly passive motion in that um, they just put their head down and the food comes out. Uh, whereas vomiting is actually expelling because the stomach contracts and pushes it up into the esophagus and it almost projectile comes out. So... Overall, if if any of those things happen, I'd say certainly you need to get her to a vet straight away. Um, if she's unable to eat, you know, over the next day, then I'd want to get her checked out as well. The other thing is if, if she's showing any of those signs, what probably needs to happen is to pass uh, get a, a veterinarian, and not all vets have got this, is um, to they, they would need to anaesthetise her, and then put a camera down into her stomach or into her esophagus and actually be able to retrieve it that way. So if she's looking uncomfortable at all the rest of today, I would certainly be thinking about getting her to the vet in case they need to do that. Okay, okay. So yeah. the milk, is that puppy milk? No, uh, just milk, just normal. Just ordinary milk. Yeah. But if she brings anything up, you need to get her to the vet. Okay, yeah, no, not a, not a problem. Okay. All right. Yeah, all right. Thank you very much for your advice. I appreciate it. No worries. All right. Good luck with everything. Okay. Thanks very much. Bye bye. We've got time for one more call for 2022, and it's Darren from Weston. And he's got a two year old Kelby who can't travel for more than half an hour without, well, defecating in the car. Oh, Darren. Hello. Oh, this is terrible news. Yeah. Well, we've tried to restrain from feeding him before we take him in the car, but it still happens. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of a lot of dogs have a bit of a love hate relationship with cars and travelling, and um, travel sickness can appear in different ways. Um, this could be a manifestation of that, and that's. I mean, the thing about travel sickness is where it's the motion, right, that create yeah. creates the kind of feeling that they're sitting on a boat on the ocean, and that's yeah. upsets yeah. upsets your equilibrium in your middle uh, inner ear. Um, yeah. And that's a physical response, okay? So there yeah. is medication that can be used to um, subdue that, and it's quite effective. Um, right. But the other side of things that we often see is anxiety. And so this right. is a behavioral response. You then get things like the gut reacting, okay? Yeah. So yep. anxiety problems, you can't just treat with... Um, the travel sickness medications. It's not going to do anything, okay? Uh, so yeah. I guess there's a couple of approaches. One thing is that it's worth looking at and perhaps speaking with a veterinary behaviourist who can walk through what are the other features that we see with dogs with anxiety. I would have to say a Kelpie is a dog that is probably uh, at risk for anxiety disorders, um, uh-huh. You know, they're very intelligent, very high energy, particularly yeah, a t- yeah. T- yeah, two-year-old. Yeah. They really yeah. require a lot of mental 
stimulation during the day just to get through the day. And yep. um, it becomes really easy for their, them to fall into an anxiety spiral. So okay. Um, okay. that's just one thing. And I think the questions that could be asked there are going to look at, you know, other behaviours around the house, other behaviours when we're interacting with different people, um, you know, what, how does he go when... Yep. Um, you know, you leave and he's on his own. Does that create problems? There's all different types of anxieties that we see, and this could yep. be one of them. Um, okay. So I would certainly think it's worth following up that because if it turns out that it's actually not anxiety and it's actually motion sickness, then the treatment is fairly simple uh, with yep. some medication. Um, we okay. do we do use medication for anxiety, but we also use uh, well, different medication, but we also use behavioural modification. So right. that's going to take a bit more work, and I think we need to diagnose what problem we're dealing with here. Is it anxiety or is it motion yep. sickness? I mean, he loves getting in the back of the ute. I can, un- I can open the ute during the day because it sits at home, and he gets jumped in the back and just lays there all day. Yeah, so that's the love love hate thing and sometimes that might yeah. indicate that it is a motion sickness thing i once had a dog that had to drive to brisbane and i gave her a pill and she slept half the way and um, she was forever fine in the car after that so let's see if we can get sure. an answer with speaking with the vet about this yep no worries all right yeah. thanks darren have a good chrissy you too mate. all right bye well that is all for pet chat for 2022 oh thanks greg yes thanks very much thank you nice greg. to be part of the last one yeah it's yeah, lovely Merry Christmas to all our listeners. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.